folks, and welcome to another episode of the Club Rugby Collective, your Queensland Premier Rugby podcast, keeping you up to date with all the latest news from the club comp as we're currently trying to make our way through the COVID-19 situation. Joining me this week, I've got two of Sunnybank's finest. I've got new head coach, Sione Fuka-Fuka, and one of Premier Rugby's shining lights. He's always got a big smile on his face. It's the big Peter Lee with the big hair. You can't miss him. How are we, gents? <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. I'm tossing up over whether or not that was a great intro or not. But anyway, we'll roll with it. You can always edit it. I thought it was good. I thought that was actually oh, thanks for saying that we'll find us. That's all right, mate. I'll try to give you a shout out here and there where I can. Um, Little plugs. That's it. That's it. Uh, Boys, before we sort of get underway in terms of what Sunnybank's been up to in terms of the lockdown. Obviously, news as of today. Um, what we're going to be working towards for community rugby here in Queensland is hopefully a return to training at the start of June and then hopefully back playing again by July. I mean, obviously, this is all pending the curve, continuing to flatten, and everyone's still doing their part in terms of social distancing and staying home. But exciting news to hear um, after what's been a couple of um, sort of slim weeks here where no one's really known what the future holds. Absolutely, mate. Um, I think the June 1st date's been out for a little while, but um, the fact that the medical advice is now starting to come through that there's a pretty good chance that it'll happen with the um, the National Medical Officer stating that community sport is on his agenda, um, it it makes it really exciting. And uh, from a playing point of view, Pete, man, how excited are the boys? Um, Well, I've been getting around the boys... A little bit, actually, especially trying to keep them engaged and making sure, you know, just making sure that we're accountable across the board. The boys are, we're definitely missing the rugby. I, I know we had a, like a little catch-up on Tuesday just between the squad. You know, Siona set that up for us. Um, and I can tell you that the boys are missing what Siona said was the banter, just the laughter and just the camaraderie that we share. So um, the boys are excited. They're still, they're, it's funny enough, we're still still training hard and still getting amongst it all. So and making sure that we're keeping each other accountable, but also um, making sure that we're also here for each other as well. So it's a hard time for everyone. And we're just making sure that as a, I guess, as a squad, we're just keeping tight. Uh, very true. Very true. And um, Sione, I know when, when we spoke on the phone, sort of when the whole lockdown thing first started, um, we were talking about, how long we actually need from a training point of view to actually get guys prepared back again for contact because we can't just go, right, return to play. We have a Tuesday and a Thursday night session and then start playing again because you've actually got to get the guys prepped for, for contact. Um, in terms of now that, that we've got a bit of a timeline to work towards, mate, how helpful is that in terms of your planning from a coaching point of view? But actually, coincidentally, um, we planned out a six-week block about uh, 10 days ago. Um, yeah. that we spoke to the boys on Tuesday. So best case scenario is what we were working off based on some of the information from the QRU, which was the you know, June 1st into um, July 1st. So we've got a pretty good idea and we feel pretty confident that if we get some um, individual work done in the next six weeks or five weeks it is now, um, that when we come together as a squad, we'll be in a reasonably good position to um, to ramp that up and get the boys' body prepped and and ready for um, for game contact again. Oh, excellent. And um, I suppose looking back over sort of the last sort of month or so that we've had it in isolation, 
Um, what's sort of been some of the key focuses for you guys, obviously from a skills point of view and a strength and conditioning point of view for the players to, to keep them hopefully somewhat fit and ready for a return to training? Um, I guess I'll take that one. <laughs> um, it's, it's been tricky at the start, obviously being, I guess, in no man's land, not knowing what the future holds. It's been kind of hard, but I guess the key focuses that we've been kind of focused on is just, I guess, engagement, really, just making sure, like, you know, individually, the boys are still prepped and primed, and we started, like, you know, I guess, breaking a few culture, or not breaking, or breaking into some new habits and that, and making sure that, you know, we're doing extras during this preseason, but before COVID hit, and it's actually good to see that actually some of the boys have actually kept that pattern or that, I guess, those habits, um, those habits are still continuing on during this time key focuses for us really is just to make sure that we keep our fitness strength we can kind of build in the gym but i think um you know the experience that i've had at Sunnybank, with you know you can never be too fit so and it's kind of hard to maintain fitness especially if not as a of i guess kind of maintain that um what's the word game fitness game fitness but also just that oh crap what's the word I guess motivation. There we go. That's what was what I was. It's so hard to try to stay motivated. So I guess the key focus is trying to, I guess, motivation. And um, one of the key things that you know that Sione put on Tuesday was uh, mental, mental, like mental health. And um, just making sure that the boys are good. Really, there's not really many focuses. I guess the key factors. I guess it's a kind of a broad range, especially um, before the six or before we had our meeting. I guess having a six-week plan now, I guess we can kind of knuckle down and actually work towards a few things. And Sione and I have kind of had a few discussions about it. So, yeah, you want to kind of carry on with that, Sione? <laughs> yeah, it was, um, it was a bit of a surprise, obviously, the suddenness of it. So our first point of call was to... Um, we, we mapped out uh, a two-week block initially, source where we, um, we got some rugby content in terms of skills, uh, a little bit of um, catch pass and kicking stuff for the backs and kick return stuff. Um, the challenge was to try and find activities that were minimal in terms of um, people. So we had individual and paired activities. Um, uh, Pacey got some uh, some forwards specific stuff for his uh, line-out jumpers, his throwers, and a little bit of scrum shape stuff. And then Pete had some conditioning options. So we uh, we ran that for, um, I think, two to three weeks um, through the boys. But one thing I noticed really uh, quickly is we went from seeing each other three to four times a week to, um, to nothing. And it, um, it was really marked just how quiet everyone went. So, um, so we implemented a couple of little initiatives in and around um, filming of the training sessions, running some themes throughout the training weeks. So, um, so we did an old school jersey. So a couple of the boys um, dragged out their under-15 jerseys. That's um, surprising. Oh, I still fit. Um, <laughs> so I don't know if it's a good thing or not. But... <laughs> yeah, I think that might be the <laughs> The, uh, the old large was actually an extra, extra, extra large. Um, but it was good. So what we were able to do, and this included staff, right? So we uh, we left ourselves all open, myself. Uh, I think Pacey's done a couple of runs but hasn't filmed it. But Josh Yafu, um, Rosie, the manager, has um, has popped up her training sessions and it opened up an opportunity for a bit of banter, a bit, um, bit of a connection via um, social media. And that... Um, that started to loosen everyone up a little bit, and we, um, we, I suppose, brought back in a little bit more of that community. Um, so, 
Tuesday was the beginning of our six-week program into that June 1st date. So having yeah. now um, a bit of clarity that the likelihood of that happening is um, is a bit more certain is, is fantastic because we can start ramping up and um, adding a bit more complexity and detail um, to, to what we're going to do in that in this next five and a bit weeks. No, that's excellent. And um, Pete, you mentioned there the mental health aspect and obviously, Sienna, you mentioned how quiet the boys went. How crucial has that sort of been to to planning and for you guys as the coaches overseeing everyone to just try and keep everyone connected and, and positive? Because obviously this scenario has affected people in a variety of different ways, you know, financially or, or socially. So there's a lot of different moving parts to take into account in that space. Mental health is a massive aspect of the game that I think we should definitely take serious, especially in a time like this. You know, you, you hear all the things on the news, the social media, the multimedia, and all platforms about people losing their jobs. So, you know, I guess as a coaching staff, especially for us, it was it was really good. I think we came together just just to ensure and make sure that our boys were good. You know, you know, if anyone going through some hard times, and um, you know, we have like a community page or like an old boys page. Uh, for Sunny Bank, and I know some of the boys were reaching out, and some of the um, old boys were, you know, reaching out as well, just to ensure that, you know, if you are looking for work, there's work here. You know, just give us a yell. I think because not all of the, unfortunately, you know, we got a lot of guys that in our team that you know tradies, you know, that I guess there's a few of them, but you know, guys are like in the fitness industry, um, in the like, um, I guess some of the guys that own their own businesses, you know, that was that was, that was the biggest one for me to take take away is just to make sure that. Um, that our boys we're just good at home because if you know if it's a happy home then you know that they're gonna you know perform for you. I guess you know when they did when we kind of lost that kind of engagement with the boys, you know Sion and I, I was CCC contacted me, and then you know we just tried to like you know I guess kind of brainstorm and then you know got everyone else on board. And you know, I know C's been making a lot of calls so. I guess it's been good. Everyone's been proactive. And I guess the biggest one for us is that, number one, is that our play is good. And it, it is hard. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to joke It's This COVID-19 has been difficult for many of the boys. Um, and I can just tell that, like, you know, just talking to them. But I guess the biggest one for us is making sure that we reach out before, you know, anything. So, you know, the, all the statistics around mental health are there. Um, without going into too depth, much depth, but yeah, mental health is massive. I don't know if you want to kind of elaborate on that, see, or yeah, mate. So, like, we're very lucky down at Sunnybank, especially in the um, the Premier squad, first grade, second grade squad, that there's um, there's a really nice community feel to it. It's a family feel. So people like Satini and um, and Rosie in particular um, are really trusted by the boys. So she reaches out, and the boys are. Um, comfortable at reaching out to her when they're um when they're struggling a little bit um from my perspective and you know from a rugby slash um training perspective it's also really important around that mental health aspect around just the um connection and community of the boys um we're social beings by nature and we play a, a social sport so suddenly going from you know we put um was it uh I think it was uh, eight weeks last year before Christmas and then we'd, um, we'd rolled out 11 or 12 weeks since Christmas. So a fair bit of time to net together as a group and then suddenly uh, it felt like you'd broken up with your girlfriend. You know, it's, um, yeah, hard. It, it, it just went to nothing. Um, and, you know, we flicked out a few messages and, and tried to stay in touch, but, um, but it was tough. As you said, people lost their jobs and other things were happening and, and probably more so 
and this is where yesterday's and today's announcement was great was the, just the lack of clarity and not being sure um, was really tough. So we rode that out a bit and then we've, we've put a few things in place um, to try and then reconnect the squad together with a bit more, um, I suppose, a bit more of a fun focus yeah. to it as well as, um, you know, as Pete said earlier, being accountable and, and working hard. I think, you know, I think the biggest one, even for myself, I, I played, you know, especially in the later years or so, I'm still, still in my prime, obviously, but still, still young. But, Mate, you're um, 21. Yeah, I'm 21. <laughs> I wish. If only my body felt like that. But, you know, for, for most of these boys, you know, you take away rugby, some of them are, it's their getaway, you know, it's, it's their outlet. And uh, that, that's the biggest one. And those, those are the things that, I guess, I know that was on my radar just to kind of make that a thing. It's like, man, some of these boys play rugby as an outlet and then they've taken it away. So mental health is massive. Without that outlet or that, you know, some guys try to get away from home if they're, you know, around the boys, as Siona said. Uh, but it it is an outlet for them. So to take that, I, I guess you put it the best way, Siona, or you see that metaphor or analogy, sorry, of breaking up with your girlfriend. That's exactly how it felt. <laughs> I'm, I'm still searching for my wife. No, just kidding. Just kidding. No. <laughs> You're going to be single soon, mate. I know. I hope my wife doesn't listen to this. <laughs> Is she getting sick of you for spending too much time at home, Pete? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm actually doing I'm doing a lot of work around the house, doing like doing yourself projects. Watch, watch my Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> oh, mate, I don't think I've ever seen so much of my girlfriend. She's definitely sick of me. Oh. <laughs> Oh, mate. I'm sure Tara's. <laughs> um, but I suppose while it's definitely been a struggle from a mental health point of view and training's definitely been hard, I think for for some clubs that are actually seeing guys um, pick up sort of new skills in terms of actually learning to adapt or being more self-reliant where, you know, for a lot of guys in club rugby systems or higher up in professional rugby, you know, they've been told where to be, what to wear, what time, and all that sort of stuff since they were in school. So for some yep. guys, they're actually having to sort of um, actually be far more um, self-reliant than they have ever been previously. Um, yep. Has there been anyone in particular within your first or your second grade squad or anything like that that's actually sort of surprised you in terms of their training? Has anyone sort of really sort of up the ante? <laughs> we were talking about this before and he's going to hate me yeah. for it but our um, reserve grade coach slash backup second rower Joshy Arfu has um, I don't think I've ever seen him train this much um, in the last six months and <laughs> <You're top. laughs> yeah, it, it's a bit tongue in cheek but it's um, it's been excellent to see um, see someone like Josh who's you know a bit of the crossroads between coaching and playing um, really embrace the I suppose a little uh, online culture that we we built over a little while there around Doing their doing their sessions, wearing um, the kit of the theme of the week, and then really ripping in. So, like he's been a good one. But there's been some really good young kids that um, have really shown the way. Like um, I'll get his uh, surname wrong, but uh, young Joey, who's up from the coat the Colts, um, Joey Falalo. He um, he's been really uh, really good at um, putting his um, sessions up and, and really embraced it. Um, I've dropped a, a couple of little resources in there and asked the boys to um, to have a look. There's a couple of online ones that have become available and, you know, credit to them. They've discounted um, the memberships to them. So I was able to 
to access them and, and share some of that with the boys. And, um, and yeah, Joey was the first one to add it in, but some of the others have as well. Um, so they're taking a bit more initiative, which is nice. I think part of it's also for something to do. You yeah. know, suddenly we found ourselves with a lot more time. Hmm. No, well, um, like I'm having to figure out how to use different Adobe things and learn how to use After Effects and having to upskill a little bit here and there. So, you know, it is interesting yeah. in that case where people are having to uh, adjust and adapt in terms of learning new skills and, and things like that, that's for sure. Yeah, well, I think um, I, I mentioned it earlier in the pre-chat. We, um, you know, I work at a school and suddenly our um, our environment has been taken off face-to-face full-time and we're into the um, the online learning scenario. So the, like the Zoom meeting the other night and I know there's other um, platforms and apps out there, but that's, um, that's the way forward for the next, you know, six or so weeks until we get the opportunity to get face-to-face. And there's some great, you know, platforms to use and some apps out there. So... Now it's just about challenging each other to um, to upskill ourselves so that we can use them well. And I suppose from yeah, a school think... point of view, Sandy, with regards to training, have you seen sort of um, much similarity or sort of gotten sort of different information from, a, I suppose, a community club point of view as well as a school point of view that's sort of crossed between what you're trying to achieve in, in both aspects there? It's, it's pretty similar, to be honest, Source. Like the medical advice is pretty straightforward in around the restrictions. So... Um, I'm at Canterbury College now, and we've um, we've approached the um, the layoff time very similar to what we've done with um, with the first grade boys. Um, we're trying to create probably giving them a few more options that they can access easier is the bigger challenge. Like our boys at Sunnybank are slightly more um, are capable of, of finding alternate options or reaching out, whereas um, at Canterbury with their rugby program, we've started filming some content with. Um, with the uh, restrictions in mind um, and providing them some training options that we're going to roll out through term two. And we're just waiting for the, um, the TAS um, association to, to let us know what, um, what we'll be able to do in the, uh, in the term. No, that's awesome. Um, Pete, for you, mate, I know there's some stuff I've seen up on social media, a few, a few guys getting involved in the garage gym scenario. I'm assuming that's at your place, mate. Yeah, it's um, a particular location. Um, <laughs> the, 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 no, no it's very um, classified. No, no. It's because yeah, he's no. hiding all the equipment. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've got all the equipment there, boys, if you want to find it. No, um, yeah, no, it's been good. The boys have been reaching out and obviously, you know, just making sure that we stay within the um, the laws and those the restrictions. But the boys have been really good. I've been kind of giving out some, I have been giving out some equipment just to borrow. Um, just from my own personal stuff. And I was like, first investor. So some of the boys have missed out. Oh, sorry, man. But uh, the, it's been, it's actually been really good. Like, again, you said about, you know, guys adapting to the situation. And actually, it's actually showing, like, there's some players that went through preseason where I was kind of questioning, like, you know, the actually work rate or the, I guess the, I guess the credibility. Yeah, I guess just the work ethic, really. Um, and they've actually, some of these guys have actually proved, some of the boys have actually, back to life it's actually been good having this i guess covid i know it's it's bad in one way but in the other other side it's it's been a positive in some sense showing like in our squad um who actually wants it you know who actually wants to play premier grade or who wants to play um at the best best possible i guess um condition really 
Um, and that, that, that's been the best thing, the boys coming to mind. And I guess it kind of keeps me sane as well. Again, you know, we're just saying, I know we're joking around having our wives, but I'm pretty sure my wife is sick of me because I just kind of just, you know, make noise. I leave the door open. I daydream when she's talking to me, you know, so, um, but they're, they're, I guess those are the little things. But yeah, if you guys, you know, if you guys do want to have a session, um, DM me and we'll make some cool Instagram videos. So. <laughs> but, just slide in. Just slide just, in. Just, just some TikToks. Obviously, I'll slide in, so I'll No shirts. No <laughs> shirts. That's yeah. one route. No shirts, mate. Yeah. So, uh, that everyone's, obviously, everyone realizes I'm in hibernation, so hence the, the rig is a bit sloppy, so kind of... I mean, <laughs> kind, of kind of hate. It's got to appreciate, guys. It's got to appreciate. <laughs> it's interesting, interesting in terms of the, uh, like, you know, the lending out of equipment and people setting up home gym scenarios. Um I've seen some of the guys at other Super Rugby franchises sort of building their own things. I know Ryan McCauley down at the Tars has built his own squat rack and a flat bench and things like that out of timber. But the yeah. Reds boys managed to get the hookup from the actual the, the, the tin shed at Bellymore where I've seen Alex murphy has got one of the full lifting racks up in his parents' garage in Marumba Downs. <laughs> boys got lucky. I wish. Mate, boys are well looked after. Very well looked after. I'd be happy just with a butt belt. <laughs> I feel uh, just, bad taking dumbbells off my dad. Surprise! <laughs> <laughs> oh, only, only dumbbell yeah. I need is a beer. <laughs> Don't slip that far down into isolation, Pete. Yeah, no, I haven't. I almost. I've, I've, I've gone from like uh, I've been trying, like you know, I guess a pretentious um, dark fella. Um, just been drinking a lot of red wine <laughs> and cheese platters. <laughs> I see it on YouTube a lot, so I was like, I'm going to try this out. It's actually Hey, quite... look at you. You're refined in culture these days. Uh, well, I'm just going back to my roots. <laughs> just... <laughs> There's no more carbon. Obviously, I don't know if you guys heard, the carbon, the import and exporting has been shut off because of the borders. So carbon is Mate. worth a lot, oh, no. a lot of money. The oh, yellow okay. bucket, what's going to happen to us? I'll be hanging out for its return. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Pete, on, on a personal note for you, mate, obviously you, this is sort of your first year transitioning from playing into sort of the coaching realm. Obviously a whole sort of different scenario in terms of what you've got to provide for the players has sort of been thrust upon you. But has it sort of provided you with a very sort of different learning experience um, as you sort of headed into this sort of transition period? Yeah, I'm, I'm loving the process. I remember our first conversation we had of way, way back in... Wait, October, November, see on it? When was it? Yeah, I think October, mate. October, and it was, I think it was, might have even been earlier before that. No, it was October. Uh, and, you know, I guess coming as a, the hardest part of being a coach, and especially if you've played the year before, is actually just um, making that transition from player to coach. And it's been really good. I've had some really good mentors. Uh, see on his help. I've had, um, Owen Flynn as well, and some of my other ones, other mentors. Um, you know, just, just guys I can kind of reach out to who are in, like, you know, within the system. Um, Brando is another example. And also we our new GM, Doug. Um, yeah. I've been giving out, like, you know, he's someone that, he's a really good, really good um, pillar for myself as well, just with his experience and that. Um, I've, I've got some really good players around me. Um, 
but also have some great coaches around me as well with some um, with some, some experience. Our, our coaching team has experience in the top in Premier grade. I guess I've been kind of blessed um, with the guys that we have. Uh, I don't want to talk too much about us coaching squad, but it, it, I've, I've been kind of, I've been really blessed. I guess the biggest one for me in this process of COVID nineteen that has made me actually think, holy crap, what would I want? I guess if I, I can put myself in my in like a play shoes, because I played last year, is like, oh, what would a player want to do right now? Um, and, you know, what's going to be fun for the boys? What's going to keep them engaged? Uh, well, I'm enjoying the process. Thank you. Yeah, I think. Um... I think the best thing that's um, come through with Pete's transition there, Source, is, um, as you said before, he's really positive, which is always a blessing when it comes to the SNCUs. You know they're going to make you hurt. So um, having a really positive attitude around it helps the boys really buy in, which is good. He's also open to learn. Like we're all in a position now where we're learning a lot at a really rapid rate due to the circumstances. But since um, Pete took over last year, I've been really impressed with his um, openness just to take advice. You know, sometimes young young guys or guys that are just starting in come in with a preset attitude that I'm going to own this and no one's going to tell me what to do. But um, he's uh, he's been really open to to taking feedback, to um, to looking for best method and, and sharing. And that's something that um, I think Australian rugby as a whole probably needs a bit more of, just a bit of sharing of, you know, I thought this worked really well. So, you know, some of the stuff that we've talked about tonight hopefully benefits, you know, whether it's an under-15s, under-13s or even another premier club. But um, happy to uh, to share some resources out there. Yeah, no, for sure. And we will have some stuff come out. <laughs> watch out, guys! Watch out. <laughs> Get sauce in a dragon shirt, mate. Yeah, wait, that'll be oi. What, what what will it take for us to actually have that happen, sauce? Look, Sione, mate, I'm a big fan, but you know, I've got to stay loyal to the Tigers, mate. <laughs> yeah, loyalty and like you know, just losing a bet—that's you know one thing I can imagine. Well, oh, I hear bet. So, I did you hear that bet? Sorry, sorry I was joking. Sorry, my bad. my bad. You know, a bet goes both ways, Pete. Yeah, no. <laughs> Actually, saw some. Saw some. I can trade. send you a. I can send you a picture of Pete in the Tigers jersey, mate. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa! That would be excellent. <laughs> All right, I'll dig it out for you. I tell you, what, I'm not sure too many people picked up on this, but there was a social media video that went up early on in the piece of this COVID lockdown with Teniella Tupo getting around in a Tiger shirt. Oh, doing some oh, boxing. Doing some yeah. boxing. So the East boys picked up on it. Whether or not anyone of brothers picked up on it and was going to mention anything, I don't know. Uh, it's, it's a penalty at our at our club to wear other other club colours. You know, just a bit of culture, tradition. You know, just saying. <laughs> See, has brought that back. So green, white, black. Yeah. As it should green, be. white, black, right? As it should be. <laughs> um. Sioni, um, for you, mate, obviously you're in a new club this year. Um, from a from a personal point of view, mate, obviously had a fair bit to do with your ace over the last few years, albeit not that yep. I was in, in Premier Grey, um, <laughs> but enjoyed working with you in training and all that sort of stuff when we had the chance, mate. And, you know, I, could, I think I can probably say most Tigers would agree when, you know, your attention to detail and the effort that you put into um, session planning, game plan and all that sort of stuff's um, second to none, mate. Um, how are you enjoying stepping up from, I suppose, an assistant role to, to head coach now, mate, and being able to to shape the program, mate, um, sort of how you see fit down there at the Dragons? Oh, it's been great. Like, obviously, 
to to leave a club like East. Like I'll get that out there straight away. It was a it was a really tough decision. Um, really enjoyed my time down there, and obviously we were quite successful for the last you know two years, getting finals and having some great guys to uh, to work with. So to make that decision, it was always going to be for an opportunity to um, to drive a program. So I'm really enjoying it. It's challenging. Um, you know, suddenly you're going for the holistic viewpoint of trying to coordinate everything, but at the same time, that's that's what I love. You mentioned there around the planning. Um, Pete would probably tell you, but like I'm totally anal when it comes to session planning and, and getting um, getting our detail um, in there. Uh, challenge then obviously yeah. is that we we need to get that across to the players. So yeah, our process through last year into the preseason was. It was really enjoyable. There was a lot of um, lots of positives that came out of it, and like this is going to sound terrible, but um, even the fact that we got well beaten in one of our trials was a positive for us because it gave us a learning experience. Um, yeah. So from from that point of view, I'm really enjoying it. Pete mentioned the um, the staff, like we were really lucky in the end to um, to get the people together that we did. Uh, we've got in reserve grade um, Josh and. Uh, and undies who are club stalwarts and, and played, you know, green, green, white, and black since they were youngins and had some success or a lot of success, sorry. Yeah. Um, Lee Anderson yeah. was still there. And then, you know, Pacey coming over from South um, was a big win. He's got a lot of rugby knowledge and experience that's, um, that's starting to come through. You know, he's learning his trade as a coach, but he's doing some really good things with the boys and they're, they're starting to, um, they were starting to, to get little, um, little steps forward. And then, I don't know if you guys heard out there, but Ev, Ev uh, Willis decided to um, to come back on board too. So coordinating that group of people, it's yeah, it was win. really good. Um, yeah. yeah. And I'll um, add... Oh, you go. Oh, the other part too, and I was about to drop you in there, Pete, is they're good people who have a buy-in to the club. Um, yeah. And, oh, you know, that was, um, that was the same at East, you know, like in my experience there. Um, they're good people who had the club's best interest at heart and um, that then built a culture of success, which, um, you know, Mooch and Craigie and now Barty are pushing through. And, you know, if we can get uh, something similar at the Dragons, which we're trying to, then hopefully we'll um, we'll be a good club for a, a number of years. I guess I'll, I'll add to that. You know, I, you know, being a player from last year to this year, what I, and I guess, you know, and also I had Ev as well. Well, what Sion has brought to the club is structure and I think that's what we need and just accountability you know we're we're training you know when they're moving from drill to drill it's usually slow sluggish and I won't bring too much or like you know there's just there's just that urgency to get things done get the job done you know on to the next task and I think that you know having that kind of I that that structure around our training sessions has brought a lot of you know I guess we're still we're still um perfecting the craft but we're Really strong. We have really strong foundation. That's just you know, if this is where we're at at the moment, and I'll go into too much detail about what we do, but we've set a, a standard for us to build off that's high, and it'll work. You know, I guess I'm, I'm excited to see what what the next you know two three years you know turns out to be. So I guess having Sione in the mix with us, you know, that's what what he brings. And as much as you know, Sione might have said as like you know a bit of sarcasm, it's it's definitely what Sunnybank needs, are needed, and it's what we're getting. So, um, like, I'm going to say, keep up the great work, on there. <laughs> and always be transparent. That's one rule: be transparent and 
if you're going to make a change in the session plan, you let him know. <laughs> don't change on the don't change it on the day because you'll be like, what was that? I'm like, that was no. Me. What what Pete's actually trying to say there, and I'll clarify, is if you're making a change, there needs to be a reason. So yeah, you've got no problem with you switching things up. It's just uh, as long as there's thought behind it. <laughs> No? Yeah, sorry. No, there we go. That's that. That was explained so much better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to think. Uh, I'd like to think I'm not the training Nazi. So we'll see how we go. <laughs> I'm that guy. I'll be the Nazi for you, Steve. It's all good. <laughs> no, well, look, I'm definitely no, excited it's, it's to see. Good yeah, well, I mean, I'm definitely excited to see, you know, what's to come at Sunnybank in the next couple of years. Because obviously, there's been a good group of people there, you know, for a while now who sort yep. of been trying to do some great things and, you know, that can date back to, you know, Smacky being there, even, you know, sort of yep. post-Cybiera guys like Dennis Sims, um, Damon, like everyone's obviously got a lot of love for the club and put a lot into it. But I just think yep. um, having someone come in with the um, attention to detail um, and, and the planning that you've got, Sione, I think it was going to offer a lot to the club. So it's going to be exciting to see what happens. But I suppose from a player point of view, Besides the likes of your Hayden Sargent's and your Tom Lucas's, the guys who people know down there, um, you're going to be heading into the season hopefully in July with a lot of guys that are probably aren't well-known names in the Queensland yep. Premier Rugby circle. Um, if you had to pick a couple of guys um, that you were really looking forward to seeing this year, what they were going to do on field, um, who, who are a couple of blokes that we should be keeping an eye out for? I think... Um... The ones that spring to mind um, in the engine room, I think we've got a lot to, to like about um, Zach Shepard and Masi Ganita, the two two locks that played through the trials. They're, um, yeah, Masi's been injured, so in and out, but he's got massive potential when it comes to his frame um, and his athletic ability. He just needs to learn his trade, mate, like, and which is, um, you know, it's good that Pacey's come down and Joshy Uffley's around. So that experience um, from those guys is starting to, to pay dividends, uh, and when he realizes just how you know big and physical he can be, he's going to be um, a handful. Um, yeah. Zach, Zach, on the other hand, has probably been around for a couple of years, but his um, his ability to be calm and and demonstrate leadership has been really good for the uh, for the group. He's um, you know made a couple of decisions that have <coughs> um, kept him at the bank, which we're really appreciative of. And I'm, I was looking forward to, and am looking forward to. Sorry, when we kick back off to. Uh, to watching him really own that second row position, which was a, you know, a decision he made in the off season to um, to do that. So those two in, in particular, um, there's some great young Colts. Like, you know, whether they get a full season under their belt, which hopefully they, you know, they'll get those opportunities. Is Nesta Mahina, who's still um, in eligible for Colts, and as I said before, Joey, um, a young Joe. Sorry, they trialed really well and have worked their butts off in the um, in the preseason. And then I guess the uh, the other one that probably doesn't get the accolades of the backs is, um, and he's going to hate this because he's the humblest the kid in the world. Guy. Is is um, Neil McNamara? Um, yeah. He's uh, he's got you know great passing game, but if um, if we lay a really strong platform for him, um, there are very few running nines that are that are better than him at, at full at full stretch. So you know. If we get the opportunity, which hopefully it looks like we will, um, those are the guys that I'm hoping will um, will add a bit of spark and energy to, to the boys that are already there and 
you know, in 12 months' time, hopefully we're talking about them as um, as threats to the Dragons um, week in, week out. Yeah. Nice. That's exciting. Um, do you have anyone um, else there, Pete, do you think? Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to watch Lockie McElroy. Yeah. Um, he's a... He's a He's just a workhorse. He kind of reminds me of like Banks, Tom Banks from the mm. Brumbies. You know, yeah. just that kind of just the speed and just his decision making under pressure. Like sometimes he somehow gets himself out of like situations. I'm like, well, how the hell did he do that? Kind of brings me back to like some players back in the day, like um, Josh Edmonds, um, Adam Gavigan, and that, or like even Danny Rutledge. I don't know yeah. if you remember Danny yeah. Rutledge. Yeah. So mm-hmm. Danny Rutledge, that's who Lockie kind of rugby. Just he's a workhorse in the gym. Doesn't doesn't question anything. Gets the work done. Smashes like a one point two under <laughs> under like four minutes thirty. That's his like I think it's four minutes twenty nine is his time at the moment for one point two. And then he can also hold his own and just like you know run big lines, big runs, and also make some really good um uh what you call it some really good defensive reads as well. And he's he's just he's still learning the game as well. Um, but. Yeah, I think Lockie's one of the big ones in the in the backs that I've been watching. Yeah. Um, oh. In the, oh, was that? You? No, I, I'd agree. I think um, just to push on Lockie there, he's a um, he's he's unheralded. Where you probably haven't heard of him before, but he worked his behind off all through the um, the off season, pre season, and earned his opportunity. And through the trials, he um, he got his jersey week in week out. You know. He, um, he did the little things really well. There's still a lot to learn, and you know he's still got um, still got elements of his game that will get better. But um, like I said about like I said about Pete, he's also he's open to learn. He asks for feedback, and he's um, he's always looking to get better. So you know we probably I don't know if I keep saying this, but there's a couple of guys back at East that um, that were very similar to that mould who um, were a bit unheralded, but given the opportunity, they they worked their butts off. Um, learned what they could, and they, you know, they got opportunity. Uh, sorry, they um, they developed into really, really good players. So Lockie's yeah. got a lot of that in him. So hopefully, he gets his opportunity in um, come back. What is it? What is it working out? About uh, ten weeks to ten um, weeks. <laughs> to get that done. Because you're that, and I guess in the forward, to be interesting, like we had like um, Ford Hemi come over. He just joined us from, uh, I guess, Western Australia, and he come in for a few games. He he looked very promising. So. Yeah, Fort Hemi, and also I guess Johnson, Yone, yeah, Ione or Yone, um, depends on where you want to pronounce it. But you know he's, you know him fitting healthy, and he's doing all the little things. You know, I guess that's what I see. That's what I look for in like uh, someone that's exciting. You know, I guess I'm not gonna make it stereotypical, but you know most Islanders don't take their craft serious and doing the little one percenters. You know, the guys who have, like, the talent. But the guys who do actually take the time to do the one percenters and, you know, do the rehab and that, I, that's why I got kind of get glimpses of, I guess, professionalism. And he's just, um, yeah, I, I'm excited. He had a few, he had his really good game, first game, but then obviously hurt his shoulder. But I think he's also someone to look out for as well. So there's my forward and back. <laughs> All right, well, there's so definitely some new names. Hopefully the opposition are writing down some, uh, yeah. some notes for you. <laughs> Also, we have a player, Adam Hayes. <laughs> Watch out for him off the field. <laughs> mate, he's your, he's your virtual man of the match, mate. He is. He definitely is. <laughs> Virtually, Hayes is killing it. He, I don't know how, but he's killing it. 
It's great. I didn't pick that. I called him up and said, mate, I need someone to play some PlayStation. I did not pick that. No, he's killing it for us. Underdog uh, underdog story. That's what we love with Sonny Bank. So. Yeah. No, that is excellent. Um, all right, boys. Well, to finish off, uh, we've got a new segment that we we're going to introduce this week. Just the fast five. I'm going to chuck you a couple of questions. Both give you a chance to, to answer. Um, so we'll kick things off. So, boys, who would you say is the best clubman at Sunnybank? Oh, I'll, I think Siona will take my one, but I'll say... <laughs> <laughs> oh, Siona, do you want to go first? And I'll, I'll just have a quick think. Oh, wait, like, um, I think I know where, where Pete's going to go, and there's a couple, to be honest. And I'll talk about, obviously, the top grade, because that's been where I've um, had most of my... Um, experience now there's a couple of lower graders that i've known for a long time but um i'd actually like to recognize tui to be honest um yeah. he's uh yeah, he sits across first and second grade um christina his wife plays for the for the women's team his kids play for the juniors um he's there start to finish and you know even when christina was playing through the trials he um he got his game time in and then quickly in the shower in the car and out to um to suncorp to watch and support her so um yeah, I'd like to recognise his contribution uh, in terms of the playing group. Um, club around the club for a while. There's heaps of people. You know, it's hard to pick. But <laughs> I guess for me, I, I, I want to pick Brendan Foley. Yeah, it's um, great, Foley. great answer. Yeah, uh, you know, Brendan, you know, I guess if you know him, you know what he's been through. And he's just a massive club man. Like, um, you know, on the field, off the field, he's at the games, he's watching, and you know, if you know him personally, you know what he's gone through. But you know, he's always so positive, mm. and I guess you know, he's got a real good poker face. Um, but and that's what I love, and he's always just shows up, just wanting to learn as well. I know he's um, uh, picked up the third grade job, uh, coaching in that, helping out in that, mm. that space. But yeah, he's a massive club man. He's my pick. No, yeah, I nice. mean, um, playing in the lower grades since. 2013, you know, people come and go through the club rugby here in Brisbane, but you get to know the blokes at every club who are just the guys who love footy and want to be there because they love it and they love the club. And Brendan, Brendan's always been that guy at Sunnybank. I've had some good battles with him on the field early on in, 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 uh, in Prem Rugby. Banter or just... <laughs> oh, I remember there was one where, like, I think I cleared him out off a ruck and then, like, held him on his heel and had him, like, spinning around on his back sort of a scenario oh, and then we throw some around it and things like that. But he's just one of those blokes who, you know, love seeing him out at the club ran and um yeah, mate, he he's green, white, black till the death. He's great. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. Well second one, boys, who would be the most underrated player at the bank? Um, oh, I'll, ju- I'll jump in my yeah. first. Pete. I'm going first. Um, yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, we, we kind of spoke about it before, but I'd have to say currently, and especially, well, I'll just I'll stick to Premier Grade, but probably the, the most underrated at the moment is Neil McNamara, um, for me anyway. Yeah. Um, as for the same reasons as I said before, um, good at his core role, but then when the uh, when the big boys start rolling, he's um, he's probably. And ironically, it's from the same club. He's probably the next best running half I've seen since um, since Isaac was there, since um, Finesy was there. Yep, true. Ooh, that's that's true. Oh, sorry, Neil. I know you're gonna hate that if you listen to this. <laughs> he hates the attention. Yeah, well, that's, that's who I was gonna pick. 
Man, you pick the same nah, person. Well, nah, I'll, 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 I'll be different because that's what we like to do here. Because <laughs> that's, <what> <laughs> <does. laughs> that's exactly what I do. Um, I'm going to have to, I guess, most underrated player at the moment for me. I think Glocky. I, I, I've got a lot of time for him. Um, I think he's definitely due for something, right? Because I know he's had like a few um, bad seasons, you know, I guess ACL and there's some other serious injuries. And I think him coming back in the shape that he is and the mindset, watch yeah. out, underrated. Well, just... right. well, I'm looking forward to seeing Lockie play. I don't know much about him. <laughs> yeah. so I'm oh, exactly. To... Yeah, sorry, sorry, Lockie. You're just gonna have a hard day in office. <laughs> you just ID'd him for everybody. Now. Yeah, sorry. Maybe it's just trick. You just never know, guys. It could be, could be like no. an Eric. It could be an Eric the Eel kind of situation. You never know. Oh, <laughs> oh no! Oh, wow. No, nah, kid, kid, He's a great handler. Sorry, that's so bad. How's that shuffle going, Pete? Edit that out. Edit that out. <laughs> Edit that out, please. <laughs> what do you do? Oh, gosh. Uh, all right. Well, question number three. Who is the worst trainer? Oh, a lot of that comes to my mind. Like, does it have to be the worst or just like a pest? It's always like just like, you know, in your ear. See, I reckon like, there's just, there's always that one bloke who, you know, he is either late, he doesn't oh, necessarily put in the effort. Ben, ben Pataya. Ben, ben Pataya. That's my... <laughs> He's, he yeah. messages. I, he, in saying that he communicates, but uh, he communicates, uh, just because he's always late, because he's always late, not yeah. because he's a bad trainer, just because he's always late. Yeah. He, even though he communicates, he's late. <laughs> I mean, like you saw in the you saw in the media this week, Matt um, like, you know, was saying something along the lines of that. Oh, George Smith always delivered on the field. He was the worst trainer. Like hated <laughs> fitness, all that sort of stuff. He just lived for game day. There's blokes like that at, uh, at every club. I think uh, probably oh. uh, maybe like Kerwin Sanday would come to mind at East, maybe. Ooh, that's, mate, a, that's was, a good one. That's a good I'll say this one because he's not here anymore, but mate, Richie Asiata was that. He was, <laughs> oh, mate, <laughs> he was a beast on the field and I loved him in my team, but um, he wasn't the best trainer. He, um, he was, uh, yeah, him and, him and Kerwin, I think, could uh, share notes a little bit. Kerwin, though, oh. to be fair to Kerwin, he's, uh, he's probably trained better the last... Uh, 12 to 18 months than he did um, in the first couple of years that I was at East. Yeah, um, no, he's picked back up, which is good. So hopefully... I mean, Mudge Mo- is chasing him around. <laughs> true, <laughs> true. <laughs> All right. Um, question number four, boys. Now, this one's going to be a little bit controversial. If you could pick a player from any other club <laughs> to be part of your Prem grade squad, who would it be? I'll let you go first, Sione. I've got my... Yeah, guys. easy. I got this one. It's easy. Uh, I'm going to cheat a little bit, Sauce, and I'm going to pick someone who's um, who's not playing Premier Grade anymore. But okay. um, if I could convince him to come back and and have a run, I would. And that is um, Ryan Frenny slash Mike Oxlong. Um, <laughs> he he he's what um, club rugby type forward should be about. So I know you know. The more I say this or talk, I know he's going. His head's going to explode. But um, he was a pest as an opposition player, but um, when I coached him for um, Queensland Tonga, and yes, apparently he's Tongan. Um, <laughs> the great one. He was outstanding. <laughs> yeah, he was outstanding, mate. Like physical, did his core role. Um, yeah, if I um, if I had the opportunity, you know, and there's no 
secrets down at the bank at the moment. Our um, our hooking position is is quite young, so having someone with a bit of um, bit of experience um, and a bit of gamesmanship. I remember standing at the uh, their ball line at East in a pouring rain while we played Jeeps and made every trick in the book, <laughs> running shepherds, pulling players back, holding them down. But I'm, I'm sure I saw a shoel- shoelace tied at one point. Um, it was, it was, yeah, it's just that old school guy. And, you know, every club needs them. And um, I, I'd love to have someone like, um, like friends in that type of five. Oh, look, mate, I've known friends for a long time. Uh, he was, <laughs> he was like a senior at Stingrays back when I was in Colts up there. And yeah, he's, he's someone you want on your team, not necessarily on the other side of the parkway, right? that's for sure. <laughs> 100%. All right, Pete, what do you got? that he's um, played at Premier Grade and not only just played, like he went from 9 to 15 to 10 and owned each of those positions. Oh, you know, like if, you were, if you were it's picking a Premier 15, <laughs> he'd be up there for probably two out of those three positions, to be honest. And then just the fact that he stuck loyal to, uh, to Norse. Yeah. Like with yeah. the, the talent that young fella. Yeah, yeah the, the talent that he has, and obviously there's another couple up there at Norse, they could easily get a start with another club that's possibly... You know, slightly higher on the table, but they um they've committed to the club and they've um and I think that analogy there, Pete calling him the glue is fantastic because yeah. he's a player that um, that makes other players better. Yeah, definitely. So, he's definitely. No, that's very very true. All right, guys, final question, and I'm going to say this one's going to be inspired by you know there's lots of volunteers and backroom staff at all the different clubs around Brizzy. And unfortunately for, for Easts in the in the off season, um Sione will attest yeah. to this we lost one of the finest in, in Julie Laws, unfortunately. I don't think yeah, there was yeah. a, a dry tear in the sad. house at um at her funeral. So in honor of uh of Julie and all she gave to the Tigers in Club Rugby over many years, who would you boys say is your best person behind the scenes at the club at Sunnybank? I'll go. Call me as a first. Yeah, go for yeah. it. Um, I'll, I'll, there's there is one, but I guess one can't go without the other. And I think Sion knows what I say. Um, especially in the great space, not so for what he does. 
for us as a couple, it's actually Satini and Melissa Tuivai. Uh, um, yeah, Satini and Mel, they, they, they've been, um, it's stuff that they do behind the scenes. And I'm sure um, what they do for grades, especially. And I could, I mean, that also helping out with that space as well. Um, yeah. Yeah, the stuff that, you know, they're, they're, they're there from 8 o'clock in the morning all the way till the last game for Premier League when they finish. They always have to make sure the water bottles are set, jerseys are done. And they're, they're, those are the things, you know, without jerseys, without water bottles, we don't have a game or we don't have a uniform to play in. And the boys would be pretty thirsty, and I'm pretty sure it's against the player welfare not to provide water bottles. So <laughs> um, I'll have to say, Melissa and Satini, I know they're, they're, they're the power couple, I guess. In that space, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna cheat a little bit, so I say those two because Satini doesn't come without Mel, Mel doesn't come without with Satini. So yeah, yeah, that's, that's fair, mate. That's fair. I think from I think for me, so um, in my short time back at the club, um, and to be fair, but you say Mel and Satini come as a couple. I think um, the next uh, person comes <coughs> as a pair as well, and I mentioned yeah. her name before, but um, Rosie Salah and Rosie and Salah, sorry, who have um. You know, being at the club for a number of years and Rosie's the uh, premier grade manager. And then Salah basically is Rosie's 2IC. Um, they work with Mel and Satini and they basically cover just about every team in the club. Yeah. Um, the, the women's team. Uh, I know Eddie asked every now and then to help with the Colts as well and so on. So, um, through this period here, Rosie's been outstanding yet. <laughs> Even just getting on board the, uh, the trading videos, mate, like some of her training. She's training better than some of our boys. Yeah, put us to shame. Just, just so. I would say, yeah, Rosie and and Salah in conjunction with Satini and and Mel. And like, it's hard because there's some fantastic people down there that, um, you know, like every club that uh, get there at dawn and and leave at dusk and don't ask for the thank yous, but um, do the little things. And I think. there's probably not enough for recognition of those. So I think your your question at the end, and this is where Julie came in. My, my four years down at the Tigers, Julie was a champion. I loved working with her from a professional capacity, but um, even as a person. So I'll, I'll share a little analogy for Julie's family. But one um, one training night, I had my little fella who was I think 18 months at that stage, 18 months just over, and. Um, his mum was a wee bit late to pick him up before training started and uh, Julie came down, picked him up and basically um, played with him for, I think, 45 minutes until um, until Tara got there. And even then, um, I think um, they stayed for another 15 minutes just to hang out with Julie. So <laughs> those are the people that make clubs tick and, and um, uh, yeah, they're so important. Yeah. No, mate. Well, I think a lot of people within the playing group at East, mate, would say that Julie's sort of been second mum to nearly every other bloke that sort of walked through the club, especially those of us that have come from sort of different parts of, of Queensland or yeah. Australia to come play at East. So, and there's people well, like that mate. at every club. So it's important to have a bit of recognition. Well, I'd have to be the same. And that's where, you know, recognising Mel, Satini, Salah and, and Rosie having a very similar position down at the bank is, you know, my first... Um, First year at East, Julie was a, was a friendly face who, um, right from the outset, was welcoming and and really really helpful. So hopefully we can recognise. I'm sure the club will, but hopefully um, there's an opportunity to recognise um, Julie or people who, who get put into the clubs like Julie did um, a bit later in the season. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. 
Hmm. I guess. Yeah, the club people is what really makes that. Yeah, because you know I, I had a lot to do with Jake Laws. We played club together. I also had a lot to do with Nick Laws, with both Lawsies, um, traveling. Um, even played sevens with um, Nick and that, and traveling the world with him. You know, mm. um, and you get you get you bump into Julia and that. You know, you don't have a relationship, but she, you know who she is, and you never hear a bad thing about her either. So yeah. I never did. It was always positive, and I remember dancing the Eagle Rock with the boys in his I'll say it's in his clubhouse it was for it was for Lawsy's 21st but yeah. like I felt kind of you know probably like, I'm so sorry <laughs> Mrs. Laws <laughs> but yeah anyways that, that, that's my memory and she's just like just keep partying hard and you'll be best on <laughs> that, that's great <laughs> no that's excellent man uh, alright gents well Thank you very much for joining us this evening and uh, for sharing a little bit of insight into how the bank have been managing their way through uh, the lockdown. And no doubt, boys, will be looking forward to, to seeing you guys in action down at Holback Oval, um, hopefully in the not-too-distant future. Awesome. Thanks for having us. Oh, thanks, Sauce. Hey, I forgot to – we probably should have dropped this in the conversation earlier, so I don't know if you can use it, but um... – one of the other things that's really helped along is that Saturday um, virtual, um, yeah. virtual rugby. You talked about, yeah. it, you know, I found myself um, in the in the backyard with it on my phone with uh, with um, my son running around kicking a soccer ball and I'm cheering. I'm like, go mate, go! <laughs> I had to I had to catch myself and go, hang on a second, it's a computer game. Um, <laughs> it's not even legit, you know. So that's been really good, mate. So well done for for what you guys have done there, and of course, you know. Um, we're loving being at top of the table. It's been a little while, so yeah, hopefully, um, hopefully reality can reflect the uh, the virtues. <laughs> yeah, no, well, uh, we've talked about saying, mate, we figured out who the nerdier clubs are. <laughs> oh, cool. What's up? Come at us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, no, yeah, we, we won't talk about chat. the bottom of the table. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good chat, Sauce. Good chat. No, we're well, glad that uh, that's bringing a little bit of uh, of joy to people's um, worlds on a Saturday. So it's uh, it's a little something to keep everyone connected. My highlight at the moment, source. Sorry to keep this going. Is um, <laughs> is the stitch up of Hazy without the other connection. <laughs> oh yeah, that was one in round two. I know Hazy was filthy, but geez, that was funny. <laughs> oh, oh mate, that was funny. He'll have a bite. We'll, we'll bite anything. No, th- thanks, Sauce. Appreciate having the chat. Cheers, Sauce. No, all good. Thanks for having us, boys, nice and uh, best of luck for the next few weeks. And um, we'll be looking forward to seeing you guys on field. Cheers. Cheers.